Welcome to the Tales from the Trail podcast, brought to you by Matchplay. This podcast was created to bring insights to you regarding the world of college athletics recruiting. We at Matchplay are here to help you navigate what can be an overwhelming and stressful process by providing valuable wisdom and advice from coaches, recruits, parents, and industry experts to guide you in making informed decisions. It's all about finding the right place, not just any place. I'm Scott Cooper, the founder of Matchplay, and I hope you find the podcast enjoyable and, more importantly, highly beneficial. One other thing I wanted to get to, I probably should have gotten to it earlier, was um, talking about some of the differences between Division One and Division Three, and, you know, what it means, you know, financially and all that good stuff. Um, so I, I don't know, like talk about money, right? Um, Norris, you're allowed to offer scholarships. Maybe you can delve into that a little bit. And then cheese, you talk about how you work with that within that issue as well. Sure. So division one, every division one school is <laughs> there is, there's a legend. <laughs> This guy, this guy, talk about having stories. Guys, guys got some stories. Good job, guys. <laughs> uh, guest appearance by Coach Steve Shaw. I mean, man, the this, Mr. legend. This will, this will tell you, you know, like uh, this guy recruited me to come to William and Mary, and that was thir- thirty plus years ago. So, <laughs> it's a lot of experience there. I stay around just for the coffee, Sad. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day. Um, so, hi, man. So, Division One, we're we're able to offer nine point nine scholarships, and that's in any given year. That that's the total sum of scholarships that all the players on our team are receiving in a given academic year. Um, there, there's also the ability to stack money. So, if you if your school offers good financial aid packages based on merit, so academic money possibly. There could be some other types of scholarships in addition to need-based money. Um, that kind of aid typically is not uh, countable towards that 9.9, and, and certainly schools that have a little bit more flexibility as far as that aid goes can stack it and, and you know make it so that, that they're stretching their athletic aid a little bit further, which is, is a nice thing. Um, but, but that's unique to every school. They, they determine – how they package aid on their own on, on the non-athletic side. Um, division three is a little bit different and obviously Justin will dive into that. Right. Uh, on the division three side, there's, there's nothing that's labeled athletic money. Uh, you know, Chris kind of alluded to it already. You know, a lot of schools have the merit based, you know, here we're a state school. So we have, we have some merit based scholarships. Uh, I think in the private schools, you'll find a lot of what, Chris was talking about on the, uh, the, the addition to the athletic scholarship. So you'll, you'll find some private schools that are able to offer some great programs, some great merit-based money, some, uh, you know, something that's attached to a different program in their university. And all of a sudden you're, you're cutting your tuition in half or, you know, I've seen some kids, you know, I'm not trying to give a leg up to my private school counterparts here, but I have seen kids turn down D1 scholarships because the money that they were being awarded 
at a, 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 D, a D3 private school based off of what the school could offer was more. They were getting a bigger scholarship to go to a Division three private school. And so, you know, I, I totally understood that. And, you know, we've got a couple of kids that are here for different reasons. You know, they fit into some different categories that fall into the state. Uh, but, you know, Chris hit the nail on the head. You have to do that research. You have to find that. You have to look for those schools that have the different programs that you might fall into. And, you know, our job is to help you a little bit. You know, like if we all recruit kids based off of things that, oh, wow, this kid could fit into this category for us. And then I'll reach out and I'll, I'll, I'll see if there's some fit there that the kid finds as well. Uh, but that's just more on your end. You know, try to find the schools that have the things that you could qualify for. And, you know, you're you're going down quickly. You you want to bring that money down as quick as you can. Right. Um, what are some other differences, um, like your your seasons and, and timelines and, and that sort of thing? Well, really, the only the, the main difference as far as what we do is people people make this assumption that playing Division One soccer means a much more significant time commitment than playing Division Three soccer um, or a level of seriousness, maybe. You know, there's, there's different ways to describe it. The reality is that the only difference as far as what we're doing, outside of the athletic scholarship thing, which we've already covered, the only difference is what we're allowed to do in our spring season. And my understanding is that some of those things, some of those rules and regulations are changing at the Division Three level to make that a bit more expansive as well. But um, right now, you know, that's that's the primary difference is that as a Division One program, we have a little bit more uh, flexibility or we have a little bit more ability to spend time on the field and, and play a few more games in the spring than Division Three programs. That's the, the main thing. The, the level of commitment is uh, – I would say the same, you know, across the board. Most most good Division three programs versus uh, you know good Division one programs. Yeah, I, I think Chris, you might check in a few days before my guys do in August, and the Division one Final Four is the following week. Uh, we have the same amount of games, uh, and actually, I think that since we have more schools, our our NCAA tournament is bigger. So in order to win the final, I, I think how many people are in your in your Division One tournament? Forty eight. Okay, so we're at sixty. Oh, gee, I think it's sixty four. Yeah. Uh, you but, have a few more programs too, right? So we're right. we're at we're at I think it's two eleven now. Yeah, we're in the four hundred. So it's uh you know it's a, it's off a of percentage based or it's closer to that at least. And uh, so, but the the moral story is here. We're we're playing the same amount of games. Uh, you know, William Mary and Christopher Newport Division One Division Three. If we both run the gambit and we win the national title, my season's ending one week before his, and his started three days before mine, and that's in the fall. We still have the six days a week rule that we have to follow with the NCAA rule, uh, the rules, and we have games, the same amount of games they have in the regular season. Uh, so it's it's really no difference, but like Chris said, it, it is different in the spring. So my guys are going through the last spring season of the old rules, so – Right now, it's 15 days that we're allowed in Division Three with the coaching staff present. And uh, next year, it jumps to 24. And they're even talking about more games as well. Uh, so it's it's going to get closer and closer. Uh, Chris, to your point about uh, – I've had a lot of kids say, you know, Division One feels like a job. I don't want it to feel like a job. And I, I don't understand that either. You know, my fall looks exactly like yours. And then the spring, our business days are – very much like yours, they have to be. 
And so I, I don't understand that, you know, outside of our, uh, our, our 15 days, 24 next year that we're allowed to do, our boys are doing stuff all the time. You know, it's technically not mandatory, but they're in the weight room. They're playing futsal. They're outside working out. They're doing things almost every single day. And it's on par with what you guys are doing. And they know they need to do it in order to keep up. And so I, I don't understand that either. Um, I think that a lot of it has to do with each program has different timing. I've heard of some programs where they're they're starting at five or six o'clock in the morning. And I don't know, maybe a college kid is, well, I don't want to wake up at that time. I, I guess I get that. But other than that, the the difference really isn't that noticeable. Um, you know, the spring, you can kind of see it a little bit in January where my guys are still, you know, not doing as much. But once February rolls around and we're getting close to our, our spring, it's it's very similar to what they're doing in Division One. Yeah. So I guess the moral of the story is, is don't get too caught up in the stigma, so to speak, of you know Division One versus Division Three or any of the other divisions, really, because you just have to really search for the fit that's best for you and what you're trying to accomplish in your collegiate career, right? I mean, there's the, the differences are negligible. You can probably figure out the money, right? I mean, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm not too versed in that, but. Um, well, I always I tell kids, really the, the conversation is, is it money or no money? You know, if you're getting a big scholarship, well then, you know, I, I got little kids right now. If, if Norris is throwing one of them a full ride, then that's going to push them quickly to the top. So I get that part. But if you're spending, you know, 30 grand a year, it doesn't matter what school you're going to the division, you're paying for it. So what experience do you want? You know, do you want to be on the field? You know, how important is that? How quickly you're going to find yourself on the field? I, I told a kid he shouldn't go to me. He should turn down our offer and he should go to another school that is the exact program that he wants. And it's the best in the state of Virginia. And it was a, it was obvious. He should have gone there. He couldn't play soccer there, but he's now making some great money. He played some club while he was there and, it was a perfect fit. I talked to the kid regularly. He, he thanked me, thought it was a great idea. And, you know, he's, he's in a good place now. So really the question is, if you're paying for school, what, what are you getting out of your experience? Um, you know, I, as a division three coach, I like to say it's time to throw the divisions out the window at that point. But, you know, really, if you're going to spend the money, what type of experience do you want? So that's the question I always ask the kids. Okay. Um, so what are some of the questions kids should be asking you guys um, in the beginning, through the process, and then in the end, right? So obviously they need to be very specific in what they're asking so that they can get the best information. Um, I know that uh, there's some questions that you guys, it's not that you don't like them, but you feel like they just don't, they don't drill down enough into the meat of the, the topic. Like, um, you know, what are you looking for in a player? Um, some, some, uh, there's some better ways to ask that question. Um, maybe you guys can address that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is a question. I, I, I understand where people are coming from and, and the information that they're seeking is important information, but it's just not a good way to ask the question because, you know, that that's a, a very, very broad question. Um, and there are a lot of factors that go into what we're looking for at a specific 
time. And, you know, the better way to maybe ask the question is how familiar are you with me as a player? Have you seen me play often enough to be able to kind of evaluate me for your program? And if so, how do you see me fitting into your program or do you see me fitting into your program? Those are better ways to get at whether uh, first and most importantly, the school and the program might be a good fit for you. But secondly, it'll give you a little bit more insight, too, into, you know, what the coach's philosophy is, um, you know, uh, what they think your best qualities are, how they see you impacting their program, when they see you impacting the team, when they see you playing a meaningful role. Um, you know, those are those are the things that are going to be a lot more important. So. You know, pulling a question off of kind of a, a list that probably a lot of people publish out there of like things that you should ask a college coach about like what and, and phrasing it in a way where it just is very general. Like, what do you look for in a player or a student athlete? You know, that's not that helpful. And it, 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 it does force us to go into more of a, of a, you know, a monologue about this stuff and to try to get it on the right track that is helpful for the kid and for us. And it, it would be a lot better if, if people were a little bit more pointed about that specific question. Yeah. I, I sent you guys a text uh, a few weeks ago during the NFL scouting combine. And uh, they, they were interviewing Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins head coach. And uh, they said, what qualities are you looking for in a player? And he just kind of looked and he's pretty sarcastic. And uh, he just goes, good qualities. And it's, <laughs> That's that's the answer. That's the only answer that I could think of that it actually makes sense because that's that's true. I, I loved it. I laughed, but that's true. And you know, I was thinking about it a little bit more. Um, some of the top kids I ever recruited, uh, a lot of times when I called them and I reached out and I made the I made the impact on the kid that I liked. I told them on the phone call, "This is what I loved about watching you play. This is the part of your game that I thought was fantastic." And this is how I want to fit you into my program. And, well, there's your questions. You know, what did you like in me? What did you see that, you know, could fit in the program? And how do you see me fitting in? Basically, as quickly, that that eliminates all the other fluff that is super vague that, you know, we can go a million different directions with. And now, unfortunately for the kid, that is after I've seen you play. So, you know, all that stuff on the front end, you know, the qualities and all that stuff that let's go let's let's go past that. Let's look into specifics about what you want out of your, once again, out of your experience, dive into the academic stuff, go into what do you, uh, you know, what, what's your travel like? What are the things that are actually important to you with the soccer program? That's the stuff that we could really answer and we could really help you or we could see if there's a fit for us to go to the next step, which is to well, watch you play and see if there is a fit there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if they're actually having a conversation with you, they're probably going to have the opportunity to spend some time around your players as well, um, or at least observe. Um, and I, I imagine you guys are highly encouraging them to ask questions of the players. And you're also evaluating, you know, your players' opinions of the recruits as they're, as they're on campus and that sort of thing. Um, and chances are, you know, some of your players know the the kids that are, that could be coming in. So um, I, I would just ask that you guys kind of provide some insights, like what are some good, I don't even know, like uh, 
questions possibly that you're, what are you, what are you trying to come, what information are you trying to leave with when you've interacted with exist, you know, current players in your guys' programs, if you were a recruit, um, obviously you're trying to understand what the coach is like and, and what the culture could be like, you know, is it, is it cutthroat or is it supportive? You know, just those kinds of things like uh, as you, are evaluating your interactions with other players that are existing players. Yeah. You know, I, I love it when the players come visit and they stay with my guys, I always encourage them to ask, ask questions and dig. Uh, you're right. You know, we're both of our schools are state schools in Virginia. And so a lot of our recruiting is Virginia based. And so, you know, a lot of times I'm bringing a kid on campus and they're going to know a guy or two, at least maybe a few more, whether they played against them or with them. And so it's easy for there to be a quick relationship and a quick discussion. And uh, so, you know, you're, you're cutting out anything that might be awkward on the front end. Uh, but once you get past that, whether you're a kid that knows people on the roster or not, it's, it is time. It's time to ask some, ask some questions and don't just ask, you know, the all American kid that's, you know, had a great career, you know, ask, ask all the guys and just, you know, just do it randomly. You know, you're, you guys are going to be hanging out, you're in the dining hall or, you're hanging out socially playing some FIFA or something like that. Just, you know, Hey, what, what's practice like, you know, what's Norris, how is he as a coach and what's he like on the sideline? You know, uh, what is coach G's like, you know, during training, you know, what, how does he treat players or whatever? You know, you, those are the good questions that you can ask that'll see if you're a fit. And, you know, it, and if you have a relationship already with some of these guys, it's easy to say, you know, what's he like to, well, the coach that I had in club or the coach that we had together in high school, and it'll really give you a paint a good picture. And I always tell the kids, you got to ask multiple people, get the guy that may not have played that much or get the guy that maybe had to change position or the walk on the kid that had to earn a spot or, you know, Norris's case, he's going to have scholarship kids and kids that are fighting for some money or fighting for a, you know some playing time and ask those guys too. ask the ones like those, oh, are we getting a fair shake? You know, you got to get those details. Yeah, but you're not going to be able to find that that specifically out. Hopefully, you're not going to be able to ask. So, are you what what size scholarship are you on? Okay, yeah. well, you're, you're the guy I want to ask. Yeah, they may not get that answer. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I think kids, you know, they need to understand that uh, we and we always we're the same. We encourage them to, you know, the, to really spend again we're we're talking about guys that we've invited for visits now um so this is like somewhat far along in the recruiting process this is not like every person that contacts us we're saying yeah come come and visit um we simply not that we wouldn't entertain those things you know but we we just don't have that kind of time to to uh entertain all all of those people so talking about after we've kind of gotten a little further down down the line in the process and, and know something about guys and they know something about us usually, but we're in that case, if we've gotten that far, then we, we probably feel pretty confident that that individual is going to be a good fit for us or help us at least in terms of the soccer. Maybe we're still figuring out the rest of it. And because we're trying to sell them on our school, we're going to, even if it's like, we want you to visit, we want you to ask a lot of questions. We're going to try to make sure you're spending time primarily with guys that are, fun people to be around and, you know, are, are doing pretty well and are good representatives of our program because we are trying to sell what we have to offer. Um, and so, you know, that can be not misleading certainly, but 
that can be be uh, sort of slanted from the viewpoint of somebody who is doing well. It is important to, to try to get as much information as possible because of that. And the chances are you're uh, not going to be with your parents at that time. You know, when you're with the guys, you're probably just you and the guys. It's going to feel like it's supposed to feel like when you're at the school. You know, your parents aren't going to be there. The coach isn't going to be, you know, sitting at the same table with you at the dining halls or, you know, in the dorm rooms. So, you know, that's what it's going to feel like the most outside of being on the soccer field, which a lot of times you can sit there and go to the training sessions or, you know, know, maybe you can go to a game and sit sit in the stands and watch the games in person. Of course, that's all stuff that a lot of times we can attach to a visit. Um, but that's, that's where the nitty gritty is. That's where this is what's going to be like next year. If I decide to go here, that's the best picture. Thank you for listening to part two of episode one of tales from the trail. I hope you found it informative and that it helps in your journey to become a college athlete. Please visit matchplayrecruit.com to provide feedback so that we can continue to evolve and bring you the best content possible. Please check back in two weeks for the next episode. See you on the trail.